Hi, this is Jay Ossing from Twin Peaks The Return. You're listening to Inspirado Projecto. Well, it's 1.12 a.m. Uh, today is Saturday the 13th. Um, however, I received on the 12th I received on the 12th, Jack, my buddy Jack Bristow, my cough maniac friend, has been seeing me <clears throat> writing about Mad Magazine and uh, Mort Drucker and all these, these people. And uh, about a week ago, he's like, hey, I'm getting you something on eBay. I said, wow, awesome. I said, thank you. And... Um, Uh, and so he goes, Hey, did you get, did you get something in the mail today? I went down, I open up the mailbox, I come inside, open up this, dude, there's a package in there, open it up and there are one, two, five, five mad magazines. Um, this one is called The Collection of Mad Follies, also blunders, bombs, and other acts of idiocy from past issues. Plus a special full-color fold-out paste-on bonus mad paperback book covers. Hide that trash you're reading with dull intellectual titles. Hide that dull intellectual stuff you're reading with trashy titles. Oh, my God. This other one is Mad... Number 98, October 65, 30 cents, cheap. Just imagine that, 30 cents, to be able to buy this for 30 cents. Wow. God, that would be great to work with those guys back then. 30 cents, cheap. 1967, uh, September 1967, number 113. The ninth annual edition of More Trash from Mad, a collection of humor, satire, and garbage from past issues. 50 cents cheap. What year is that? There's a picture of Alfred E. Newman's face. It's got a little mustache on his face. It shows like these different like stickers on his face. Support mental illness. Join the Ku Klux Klan. Join the war on poverty. Increase my allowance. Eck. Dry paint. Everything is cheaper across the street. <laughs> In case of atomic attack, the federal ruling against praying in this school will be temporarily suspended. Studying causes cancer. Send a girl to Boys Town. Help, I'm a prisoner in a summer camp. Featuring a special full-color, fold-out bonus, more Mad Mischief stickers. And then it's here, a special June Groom issue, July 1966, number 107. Mad, 30 cents cheap. <clears throat> so I've got all these mads. I'm going to read through them. Go for this one. 
so interesting. I don't know if I was telling you, like... So I was reading the newest Mad, and it's all about Al Jaffe. Al Jaffe is finally retiring after... Ni he's 99 years old, and he's the oldest... He's the oldest living cartoonist. Um, 56 years he was a cartoonist for Mad, mostly... And just just great at writing everything. So the whole issue is dedicated to him. So you see all these little bits and pieces from all these different magazines throughout the world. And as I was reading these, I started thinking to myself, whoa, this looks familiar. I feel like I've read this before. Like I felt such a familiarity with it. So many pieces of these. These were 1967. Some of them were in the like 1980s, which I did read men way back then. <clears throat> Took a brief hiatus. Uh, gosh. It's amazing. It's amazing. So I w looked at those and I thought, I feel like I've seen these before. And wouldn't it be great if you could push a little button and like, your brain takes you back through that database of the, the times like where you, you could actually match it up and go, oh, wow, ooh, interesting. And then it could service you in so many ways, so many, so many ways of potentials, synchronicity-wise and all kinds of cool stuff. You come across, you're going, oh, okay, well, this synchronicity happened because this time. Well, and then you're able to whittle it down and figure out what are the elements of that equation that caused that, that particular thing to happen. So it felt interesting because as I was looking through this Mad Magazine, and I'm feeling familiarity with this, I was thinking about old issues. Well, then all of a sudden, Jack Bristow tells me he orders me something, and bam, today I end up getting these, you know, these old magazines. God, this is crazy. I feel like I already talked about this, didn't I? Did I already talk about this? This is nuts, man. Look, look at this. Look at this. Yes. Pages that used to be in there. Oh my god, this is crazy. Let's look through these old pages. You know, something my dad told me that he had mad magazines, and I can't, and maybe I read his magazines up at Grandma and Grandpa's house. Did, did, did I do, do I remember actually doing that? Did, or, huh. Look at this. For a new sound, listen to Alfred E. Newman vocalize It's a Gas on this real 33 and a third RPM record. So. The ninth annual edition of The Worst. Um, see, they would do this sometimes in Mad where they would come, they would put these like interesting little things you could order these offers there's an offer i saw where you could have ordered you could order a straight jacket from mad magazine and they'd send you a straight jacket i remember when cracked did that i remember because i loved mad and cracked and i was reading cracked and they said 
because their they, their mascot is Sylvester P. Smith. Mad is Alfred E. Newman. So Sylvester P. Smith, he was like a painter. And you could actually order a painting cap that was just like his, a white one. And I ordered one. I remember I had one. So Mad did this. So I'm looking at this right now from the uh, number 66. No, July 1966, number 104. That's what it was. Remember, once they moved out here to Burbank, they... Uh, started brand new with number one of MAD. Brand new. And uh, so strange, right? So strange. It, it makes you wonder, makes you wonder. So anyway, this uh, Alfred Newman vocalizes. Like, hmm. Get it? You get it as a free bonus in this latest Mad Annual. And the Mad Annual is the ninth annual edition of The Worst from Mad. Wow. A collection of humor, satire, and garbage from past issues. God, that's so cool. You get it as a free bonus in this latest Mad Annual, which also contains articles, satires, and other garbage, the best from the past. Issues on sale now. Rush out and buy a copy. It's a sound investment. Sound investment. I loves it. God, these guys are great. This is here. Mad at the top, right here in the in the uh, <laughs> in the table of contents. There's one thing we know for sure about the speed of light. It gets here too early in the morning. Alfred E. Newman. Oh my God. God, that would be great if they did little Alfred E. Newman quotes like they used to. So it's so incredible, man. When you look back through these old issues and you just see just the care and the fun that these guys had in putting these things together. I love the feel of these pages. It's like newsprint. It's kind of like newsprint. It's got like this. God, there's a wonderful just, oh, man. I love this. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Brilliant, these guys. Dave Berg. Or Trucker. Or Don Martin, rather. Yeah, they would play with wording. Dave Berg, I remember that. Gosh. Wow, man. How fun. Oh, this has that old paper. Musty paper smell. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. This reminds me of my grandma and grandpa's basement. Oh, my God. Whoa, man. Oh, my God. Whoa. Okay. I better put this issue. Okay. I'm going to open these up. I'm going to save these for Jenny because just so she can. Uh, she's got to 
smell these things. Oh my god, these are nuts, man. How cool is that? You know, the fact that we... Oh, and this, is, this was the other in interesting thing that showed up with these mad magazines. Uh, did I talk about this? I feel like I started to talk about it, then I cut myself off. Anyway, that's all I'll say about the mad magazines. Thanks for listening. Oh, there's more coming up. Ooh, so imagine in the future, so everything will be based on waves and vibrations. People start tuning into more of that. More people have rife machines. They'll understand their relationship to frequencies, vibrations, all that jazz. And they just decide, okay, I'm shutting off the news. I'm just being as highly charged as I huge as much as I can. Then we'll start hearing people talk about, I was surgically amplified. Oh, you were surgically amplified. So let's say a woman wants to uh, uh, get breast implants. Oh, I was, I was surgically amplified. So it's just like they pump a certain sound and there it goes, and it activates those hormones or whatnot, and it grows it. Oh, wow, you have s such large ears. Yes, I was uh, surgically amplified. Oh, what eye big eyeballs you have. Oh, yes, why, thank you. I was surgically amplified. All right, this is so crazy. So it's the 16th of June, day after I had to put Gonzo to sleep. Oh, it's crazy, man, when you think about it. You got to just, you know, everywhere you look, you see your little buddy. Everywhere you look, you could uh, end up uh, looking at... You know, all these... I just saw I just saw a sign on the ground that said, Fuck Garcetti. Um, it's just crazy. When, you, when, you, when, you, when a loved one goes... They pass, they transition into the next incarnation. So... I gotta say, concerning the Mad Magazine... As some of you know who've been listening... This this uh this this whole thing is is uh, this podcast is sometimes linear, and most times not linear. Um, is in most cases, um, all over the place. So, for instance, the next episode that comes out was actually recorded before. I put Gonzo to sleep. It all, it all, it all comes out in the wash. You know, I, tr I try to um, say the, the date, the time. I try to get those timestamps on there, but I'm not a, a stickler for it, as one might say. There's a dance troupe out there waiting for their coffee in front of this place. It's funny, man. People are not required to wear masks anymore. The virus is still out there. It's very strange. It's very strange. What's going on with this? Are people, you know, are they still getting it like we see on the news? So, yeah, those mad magazines. What's crazy is, what's interesting is, in the latest edition of Mad Magazine and they've been doing this a lot lately, is showing old material. 
showing material from long ago, back in the 60s. And so, um, so in, so it's funny because I had a theory. I thought, I wonder if some of the, 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 the pages that they're putting in to the new issue, you know, that, that were taken from the other magazines. I wonder, I thought to myself, I wonder if some of those magazines I now own that were sent to me by Jack Bristow. Sure enough, it was interesting. Today I came across this. Um, Because they, any of you who like Mad Magazine, they usually put in the uh, uh, notes to the editor, letters to the editor. And when they do that, You, you, you the, a lot of times they'll be referencing other magazines. So what's so interesting is they end up referencing something called, it was kind of like, it was a play, it was a parody of uh, the National Enquirer. I think they called it the National Perspirer or something, or National Inquisitor. I forgot what they called it. The World Inquisitor, I forgot what they called it, but they did a parody of it. And these people... Uh, so, yeah, so they re, so they, so they re, so, oh God, how do I explain it? So reprinted in the new version was this National Inquisitor. What's funny is, as I was reading through the old Mad Magazines, there was a letter to the editor saying, you know, and they were complaining about um, a piece that they put in a magazine about the National Inquisitor. And so it's funny because then I look back through and I realized that the old 1966, uh, the old 1966 episode, uh, the, the issue I had was a month before that letter in the letters column actually showed up. Oh God, how do I explain? It's, it's 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 a crazy thing to try to explain. It's a crazy thing. Oh my god. The people who were commenting in the old issue were commenting about the issue that contained the National Inquisitor which was a piece you know then Utilized, repurposed, re reshared, republished, reprinted in the latest edition of Man. I hope I hope that explains it, because it blew my mind as I as I continue to un, un, uh, open it up, as I continue to unravel the mystery. It's just a just a deuce, doozy, just a doozy. So I'm going to, uh, as I seem to often be. Uh, on my way to the uh, to the uh, post office, send off these Father's Day cards. We got a, a stamp on each one, but you never quite know if you happen to have the proper amount of stamps or not, unless you 
let's say, uh, 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 sheesh, man, you just never know. You never know. The whole thing's a hologram, everybody. The whole thing's a hologram. You don't know how things are going to come back up, how they're going to reemerge, how they're going to... It's so funny, I'm walking around through the, through the sidewalks now. I'm seeing more people out. I'm seeing more activities happening. I'm seeing more people just... Like, listen, there's a conversation happening. They're not wearing masks. There's a skater. He's not wearing a mask. Like... Isn't this suspicious to the rest of you guys? It's got to be. It's got to be suspicious to you, right? Is this suspicious to you, yes or no? Um, Because if they suddenly start opening everything, aren't you going to be suspicious on why they made us wear these masks in the first place? It then makes me wonder, well, what was the motivation in making us wear the masks then? You know, ultimately, if... If it was, if there, God, I, you know, like then today I saw a, a video from a nurse who actually works as a nurse at Elmhurst. I think it's called Elmhurst Hospital. That's like the, you know, they keep saying the epicenter of the epicenter. For some reason, all these people keep going in there and they're all sick and all these dead people are coming out of there. And they're wondering why. Well, this nurse said that they were putting COVID patients on floors with non-COVID patients. And they were just confusing the nurses. And, uh, you know, these nurses take a a code. They take it. There's an oath that they take. And, uh, you know, to follow the family wishes, basically. And these doctors were saying, you know what? What we order you to do supersedes whatever the family wanted and or whatever even the patient wanted. Some guy went in there. He was, he was filled with anxiety. Just filled with anxiety, except he kept hearing about COVID. Freaking him out. Anybody with anxiety, of course. Oh, my gosh. Anyone who's a hydrochond- uh, hyperchondri- uh, hypno... What is that? Somebody thinks they're sick all the time. One of those folks. That's going to set them crazy, right? And they start thinking about it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I have so much anxiety. They're breathing heavy. They're going in there. They have an anxi- uh, anxiety attack. <laughs> and these people are putting them on ventilators right away. And we keep hearing how these ventilators are actually killing people. And she's talking about how they're, yeah, the, the people who are, like, cleaning the floors, they're not even, like, mopping up anything. They're not even mopping up the floors. The nurses are required to wear, like, this minimal, you know, n- not, not any normal stuff that, that they would normally wear that would, that would actually help keep them from catching it. So there's just a lot of strange stuff and how they were required to say that this patient had COVID, that patient had COVID. She had these, she, I think she had Google glasses because she would, she was recording, she was videotaping the conversations she was having, what was going on. It's, it's, it's interesting. What's the end game? What's the master plan, you know? Now, from a universal perspective, the higher mind, we could easily look at this hologram. We could easily look at this crazy illusion. We could easily look at all this stuff that these limited-minded humans um, are trying to do to, to, to affect the populace and keep them 
on their toes, keep them worried. You know, I thought it was really interesting how, um, I thought it was really interesting how, um, oh gosh, what was it? Oh yes, yeah. Basically, how once, okay, so we had the, we had the quarantine and everybody's inside and all they have basically is they have their TV. Yes. Then also those who don't want to watch TV or are sick of watching all the news, they start tuning into the internet and they start doing their research. So you got all these detectives out there. You got all these people out there. Um, Imagine a bunch of Sherlock Holmeses putting the pieces together, putting the pieces together. All these people finding, you know, the Venn diagrams of these, of these things and going, yep, yep, yep. I found this. I found that. I found this. Now, if I was a government that really wanted to make sure we talk about this often on the podcast, um, if I was a government that didn't want people looking into what I was doing or what I was up to, I would then create something out there that would get them riled up and stop looking at what I'm doing and get them fighting against each other again because then you get them busy yelling at each other now they're not working together to try to find a solution they're fighting against each other because one figures they have a better solution than the other so it's interesting because um along came bunch of riots and then protests and all that as you know about in the news there are plenty of other sources to go to for that there's lots of news information you can tune into I li- it's really interesting when we, we take our um, lens and we start matching ma- matching that stuff up we, we start you know matching up the ideas that we that we know um, Edward Bernays used with cigarette companies and the war efforts and all the propaganda. I'm going to get that. I'm reading that book slowly as a PDF online. I found it. Edward Bernays. He invented the word press, uh, public relations. Public relations. Because uh, apparently the word propaganda was getting bad press. <laughs> It was getting, he didn't like it. So, um, yeah, so imagine that. we got the Edward Bernays mindsets out there, moving things along, grooving things along. And uh, when we look at this stuff from the highest mind perspective, I mean, we're all players on a big stage. And if we keep putting ourselves into the mindset of the infinite, you know, all that is... We have access to all that stuff. If we are to play with the idea that this is all quantum world and we're blipping and bleeping between parallel universes, who's to say we couldn't just easily invite in the parallel universe that most highly uh, vibrates with our, with the best version of ourselves? And with that, I'm going to let you go. I'm about to enter the uh, post office. Alright, I went to the post office, now I'm going to the uh, store. I just walked past a family that was getting out. They were all wearing their face masks. And um, 
walking towards like yogurt land or something or a subway or I don't know what but the girl was wearing like a blue um, graduate gown she was wearing it she went back to her car to drop it off and I'm like congratulations she's like oh yeah thank you and I thought you know that's so funny here's a guy looking like Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat wishing you had uh, you know congratulations in the midst of you know everything we're going through it was, it was quite comical Okay, so <clears throat> through reading this magazine, the very same magazine that I was telling you about that I was just baffled by, the old one, there's an ad in there about, I guess in 1966, there was an off-Broadway show called The Mad Show, and uh, they had like 800 performances, and they, they included little bits um, of... of Inside jokes and stuff that were applied to Mad. However, I need to do, I need to do further research. Um, the, uh, it doesn't look like to, uh, that any of the writers or anyone that worked for the magazine actually had anything to do with the Broadway show, which then reminds me of um, how uh, they made that movie Up Yours. Or no, wait, Up Your Cat. Up, up Your Academy. Up Your Academy, I think. That was um, uh, in my podcast uh, interview um, with uh, Alan Bernstein, I believe it is. His name escapes me right now. We've got three cars simultaneously pulling out at once. Um, I think his name's Alan Bernstein. You can check out my podcast. He's the one who's doing the documentary called When We Were Mad, uh, I think. I think that's the name of it. And it's all about uh, his documentary about Mad Magazine. Um, he was telling me that, you know, some people wanted to, they saw, which one was it? Oh, Animal House. Animal House. And they wanted to make an Animal House type movie. So then they did uh, Up Your Academy, which is interesting because Animal House was created by uh, National Lampoon. And National Lampoon, I, I, I did a search just to see if there was ever um, any crossover with National Lampoon and uh, Mad Magazine. And what's so interesting is... Um, National Lampoon actually did a parody of Mad Magazine, and they and it's so crazy because it looks just like the front cover of a Mad Magazine. You can look it up. Look up Mad Mad Magazine National Lampoon parody, and what's so crazy is it's Alfred e. Newman. It looks just like Alfred e. Newman um, painted how it, he normally would be. But he's got a he's got a sort of a frown on his face. You don't really see that. You don't see the tooth. And at the top, Mad. It's written just like it would be on Mad. But at the top of it, it says a National Lampoon parody of, in little letters. And so, um, man, it's just so neat when you see when you see the crossovers of these guys. So Up Your Academy. That that was a movie that was written. And I don't think it included anyone from Mad Magazine. Anyone. Um, so that's quite an interesting thing. So apparently that and the Broadway, that Broadway show 
the Mad Show didn't have much to do um, with the actual Mad Magazine people. I need to look deeper. Maybe there is. But one of the things I'd like to do that popped into my brain is that I would like to actually um, interview those actors that were in there. And and what has happened, what the cool thing is, is that they um, released it, The Mad Show. They actually have it. It's I was listening to it on... Um, I was listening to it on iTunes, but I think it's also on Spotify. So the cool thing is, you can listen to it. They got the original recording. Now, I don't know if the people who it was, I don't know if it was recorded while it was live, while it was at a, um, while it was at a, in a studio. I don't know if it was while it was at, while it was performed live. Um, you don't really hear a crowd, but it sounds like there's space in the room. You know, it has that, it has that sound. Like there's, there's just like sort of a reverb, you know? And, uh, it's, uh, it's really interesting. Really interesting. It's cool. It's really interesting. They have a whole song called Ech, E-C-C-H is a term that Mad Magazine used a lot when they were dealing with things that were nasty or yucky. Um, if there was, you know, if they show, showed a picture of dog poop or something, they'd be like, eh. Um, if there was, like, someone barfing, it would say, yeah. So they, they used that word a lot. And so uh, for the Mad Show, the musical, they call it the Mad Show Ensemble. Look for that. Look for that on iTunes. The Mad Show Ensemble. Apparently, this old recording was released in, uh, it was recorded long ago, but then released in 2005. I don't know if that was the first time or if they were actually able to put it onto an album. I think they put it on an album. So that, that Mad Magazine issue that, I'm, that I was looking at actually has um, like an ad on the back has an ad on the back and that ad on the back shows apparently one of the actors who is in the mad show ensemble now this is the next thing i gotta research is how close i need to look up to see uh beard henry beard i think that was his name the guy who started national lampoon I want to know how directly influenced those guys were by Mad Magazine. Um, I want to see when. No, well, okay, if that, if the, yeah, if that was happening, if they recorded that and that happened like way back in the '60s, the National Lampoon started National Lampoon Radio Hour. Was that in the '70s? Huh. Interesting. be ah, interesting wow wow it's funny when I think about the year 2000 and the fact that it was 20 years ago what a what a like what a weird idea that's that's 20 years ago 
So anyway, I'm just happy that I keep coming across more and more of this information about um, other projects that Mad Magazine, you know, that these guys did. They did a song. Oh, my God, I got to find it. They did a song that Alfred E. Newman, well, they say he sings in, but I think they hear him sneeze or cough or something. Um, Yeah, they put out a record. I think it was one of those things where it was like a little acetate, one of those really thin records that goes into the magazine. They did that with uh, McDonald's years ago where... um, where they were, they were, I guess there, you know, there was a specific theme song that was going on about the Big Mac, all the ingredients. And then they sent out the song in those little estate records within the newspaper. So then you'd get it, and the whole idea was, was uh, if it, oh, it was a bunch of people trying to remember all the ingredients. So if they got to the end, on the record that you're listening to, if they got to the end, you won. That was the thing. If it didn't get to the end, you didn't win. But I don't know what you're supposed to win. So I think that's what kind of what was going on with the Mad Magazine wallet. I mean, uh, record. I'm thinking of wallet because I got this wallet in my pocket. And it's just huge. It's like, it's like I got like a like one big butt cheek but then I switch it to the other side I got one of those wallets it's kind of like a policeman's wallet it looks like just chock full of information chock full of information we are back um I stood still been wearing my Yachtly Crew face mask out there by Kathleen Kincaid. I've been wearing it. Anytime I'm out and I'm talking to you guys, I'm wearing it. Here we go. I just took it off now. You can really smell what's really going on in the air. Take off your mask. You know that? Someone's smell like steak. Someone's cooking laundry. Someone's doing laundry. Hello. It's so interesting. I'm I'm coming to the realization more and more that there are there have been through the years. Just as I just a, about a week ago found out about the Mad Show. There have been these things out there in the world that have sort of dipped their toe into Mad Magazine and tried to include it in in various multimedia situations, whether it's The Mad Show, Off-Broadway, um, Up Yours, which is that movie uh, that they made. And it was slightly, slightly involved in Mad, but I don't think it had any of the writers. I don't think it really had... I think William Gaines, the publisher, just kind of said, yeah, okay, go ahead. Uh, Then they had Mad TV. I'm curious how that worked, how that worked out. Um, If any of the writers were part of that. 
what the heck else was there? But there was apparently a song. Um, there's a, I don't know if it's an entire record or just a song, but it, it features Alfred E. Newman. I think the sound of him barfing or sneezing or something. But it's interesting how with National Lampoon, started as the magazine, then they did National Lampoon Radio Hour, and then they got into movies. So it'd be interesting to know when... I need to do this research, but it'd be interesting to know when National Lampoon, the magazine, actually stopped. It's interesting. If you go to the website, they don't even mention that National Lampoon was a magazine long ago. They don't, they don't mention anything about the fact that that actually existed, and it's all thanks to those those guys at the Harvard Lampoon who then made National Lampoon. It's all thanks to those guys that, that the name even exists, that, that that they're even around. And even on Twitter, I said, you know, you guys really ought to consider talking about these guys. The originators. Hi, Marky. Hi, little Marky. You are so cute. Be interesting. Be interesting to know. There are two guys that I immediately know that I could talk to about this. The guy, Alan Bernstein, who I interviewed, who's putting together the documentary. I think it's called When We Were Mad or When We Went Mad, When We Were Mad. And that's the documentary about Mad Magazine. And then there's a collector, Mad Magazine collector that I found online. I emailed him because I wanted to have a podcast with him. He didn't get back to me. I thought it'd be cool to you know, it'd be cool to have like a conference call with the with the three of us. Just geeking out on Mad. Just geeking out. Chris Maddox, the lead singer of Grace Band, he does Elvis, he said he bought his son a subscription to Mad Magazine. So that'll be awesome. It's crazy. I talked to my dad on the phone and I and we'd go to my grandma and grandpa's house and he had Mad Magazines upstairs. In fact, that's probably what inspired me to start reading them. Wow. It's crazy because I said, Dad, I think it's because, you know, because of Mad Magazine and you and Uncle Arnie. I think that's, you know, you guys definitely taught me to appreciate play on words, puns, you know, just just playing with the language. And he, my dad said that he felt that Mad Magazine did the same thing for him. It, it helped shape his his sensibilities uh, of for humor. just incredible how much that magazine has inspired folks and I gosh I remember the board game the board game was great 
you had to go around the board counterclockwise. I think you had to roll with your left hand. Oh, that was great. They ought to re reissue that. Yeah, that was a great board game. There's so many directions, so many things they could have done, these guys. So many things. And I'm so surprised that, you know, some of these original writers are still around. Dick DiBartolo, he's still around. I think Frank Jacobs is. He put out the book about William Gaines. I don't know how long ago that was, but I'm starting to find a lot more Frank Jacobs, um, his writing in this stuff. And just these old, these artists that, like, Woodbridge, um, George Woodbridge, is that what his name was? I forgot. Woodbridge. Whoa. I think he did. I think that's the same artist that used to do the art for for uh, Choose Your Own Adventure books. Huh. So intriguing when you really get into it, you really find out the very. Hey, what's up? It's Man. Um, I'm also creating a new game, so maybe um, I'll have to do an exclusive for you on your show and talk to you about a new strategy game that I'm developing. Much love, guy. Me love me some Inspirado Projecto. So, uh, man behind the machine. See that Phil Collins sound? Amazing. Um, I got cut off by a phone call there. Uh, concerning seeing, uh, uh, like I brought up George Woodbridge, uh, and I still got to do my research. Terrible, terrible me. Right now, today's the, uh, today's the, uh, 24th of June, June 24th, 24th. So like, uh, Mort Drucker. You've seen his art out there in, in all these various arenas and all these different areas. It's interesting when you see artists that you thought were particular to your um, your, dom- your domain, your, you know, your sort of secret appreciations. Um, it was crazy when I f- first started seeing more Drucker art out there in the world on album covers and all this kinds of stuff, and I'm going, holy cow, that's the Mad Magazine artist. Uh, Man Behind the Machine, I would love to get you on here. We, oh God, you know what? Yeah. We got to do it. We got to use the anchor. Because it's interesting, because my promo for this podcast talks about um, just all the great ways in which you can utilize 
the app and why it's important to have. And this, that's one of the features. And I just don't think I utilize that enough. When I know for sure I could, I just don't use that enough. So I would love to hear about the video game you're, uh, you're creating. You know what's so interesting? I just came across Yuli Ilya. Yuli Ilya, is that his name? Uh, who created his own, this game called Platform Masters. He's been working on it for like decades. People have been following the progress of this thing. And uh, the guy is so, so much of a perfectionist that he keeps revising and revising just all this stuff. He's a one-man, he's a one-man team. This guy created this whole this whole it's got like hundreds of levels this thing called platform masters this guy it once you read about you lilia it's got two u i l l i l l y a i think that's how you spell it you lilia and it's interesting because you talk about um you talk about how he's got bullies at school He's got like 60 bullies and he talks about how he, he tra- basically he treats his life. He, he was able to, to, to quantify his life in such a way where he assigned certain experience points to certain activities and certain things in his life and made like basically everything mathematically he turned his life into sort of a role playing game. He became an avatar. It's interesting. It's interesting. He's the kind of guy we could all learn from. Because if this is all big simulation, uh, and we're all just avatars in this big video game, well, wouldn't we want to learn from the guy who's able to crack the code? I would. I mean, even just for kicks, just to talk to him. Go, okay, well, tell me, tell me your ideas. Tell me your philosophies. Um, it'd be no more outlandish than any ideas or philosophies that we've read in science fiction novels or that we see in the news or anywhere else for that matter. I mean, the Pentagon finally, you know, they did finally fess up to that UFO footage. So it's like, hmm, you never know what's going to happen. The Cubs win the World Series. You never know. You just never know. I saw a video about AI and uh, and these robots. Like they were showing these micro, like micro expressions on these robots. The one robot face it looked like Elon Musk. It was crazy, man. These micro eye movements. It and, and 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 tiny little expressions it could it could make in its face. It it was astounding. It was astounding. It was astounding. I mean, it was like it like like Westworld type. Uh, type of technology here it, it was just nuts um so yeah eulilia um uh, but i would love to hear about your video game i've got i've got an idea for a video game and i've been wanting to to collaborate with someone on it i talked to one guy before who said that he he would he would work on the video game all i had to do was get because he was very well versed with unity the program unity and uh, he's like, yeah, it, it all, you know, if you can get me unity, I can make it within that. And I just didn't do the research in that thing. But it's an, it's an idea that um, it's crazy. I go back and forth about sharing ideas publicly with certain things. It's, it's so crazy. I, I struggle with that because I, I like to think of this, you know, as you well know, as my journal, my diary, the thing that I'm putting into for my future self to listen to at a later date. 
possibly who knows who will come across this information. Perhaps my niece, Ella, maybe a little Josh, maybe at some point in their lives they'll be listening to this. And hearing what their Uncle Kurt was up to, what his mindset was like during this time, this ripe old age of 46. Yeah, I'd, l- I'd love to uh, interview you for sure. I'd love to find out how long it's taken you to make your video game. Uh, like from concept to, or maybe you're still working on it. Because as you're going along, you, there are constantly things that you just kind of want. You're like, oh, okay. The thing that you had... Like if it's like rock climbing, okay? So we shoot our grappling hook up there. Like Batman style. We climb and climb and climb. Well, we're going we're gonna to reach that point, but then we're going to go on, on to the next point. And so by the time we reach that point, we might have altered our ideas. It's almost like that was just a... An example, a, a sliver, a, a the bait on the hook that brought you into that direction to get that that other exciting thing. But we don't know what's there. We don't know what's behind the door until we we open the door, or until we even go in the direction of where the door is at. Man, this quarantine has been so good for me. It's been so good for me. Uh, and I'm sad to see it go. However, it really started some great momentum moving. Really great momentum moving. Really great momentum grooving. I've got my Wise Finger Lab shoes on their way. Can't I cannot wait to do my unboxing. That's going to be great. Uh, my buddy Jack Bristow, he just got a coffee mug. He got the Bills coffee mug in the mail. He did an unboxing video. My dad, he's going to be receiving something. My brothers, he, he, my brother is going to be receiving something. My friend Noel ordered something. That's showing up. So. It'll be interesting to see. How it all evolves. I love seeing the participation. I love seeing the participation from people. God, that audience participation, I, th- I, th- I thrive on it. I crave it. I thrive on it. VE. What's the VE aspect? Carve, crave, starve. Live, live, love, above. What, what, what is that? What is that? Is that a suffix? V, the V-E. So, man behind the machine, I it, it does not surprise me that you have a video game. It does not surprise me that you probably have a bunch of video games. I remember, I think it was one of the first times meeting you in person. Jason Carr, 
had invited me. Uh, who else was I there with? Who's I there with? Huh? Who's I there with? Chuck Plath, maybe? Um, it was this place in Wheaton. I know what it was. Yeah, I show up. It was this apartment in Wheaton. And Jason Carr comes up to me wearing a poncho. Like the man with no name kind of poncho. And like looking like Timothy Leary. And he's got this big old jug. Alexa was there. Uh, Oh, did you hear that? I said Alexa. Um, that's funny. And uh, they, there was a roof there. Jason Carr had a jug of, you know, like when you get like distilled water in jugs or I guess any kind of water. Uh, it was filled with, vo- it had vodka in it and a bunch of grapes. I think they filled it with grapes first, and then they dumped the vodka in. The idea was to make those grapes kind of like t- like the tequila worm, where you just soak it up, soak it up. So when you ate these little grapes, you're like, wow, you get a blast. You get a mind blast of 80 proof. 80 proof, baby. And that one grape, more of a drunk than one could receive in a, an entire 12-pack of White Claw, I'm sure. Now, I remember walking in there, man behind the machine. I remember seeing a TV up in the corner of this room, and on it were these very interesting imageries. Just pixels and different colors and pixels, and like it sounded like 8 bit sounds coming out of it. Like, it was just like bleeps and bloops and bits and bites. It's extraordinary And Jason Carr said that you had created that And I remember another time You telling me about invention that you created It was for DJing It was for live DJing I remember seeing the video that you did And it connected It intrinsically connected the music with the video So when you're So when you were playing the music You go So it's playing the video up on the screen And then the And then the video itself would move. And this is this is before I think internet and all this digital stuff kicked, you know, kicked in a place. And you foresaw it. And what do people do now? They go see DJs in, in concerts and they've got all kinds of imagery projected up on a screen. Uh, and then I love this story. You came out, I was living with Jason Carr at the time, painting like a maniac, and you came out. And I don't know if we told you, you had all your records and everything. And Jason Carr and I had bought 200 paintings, and we painted those. And our goal was to, sh- to paint, no, it was a 100, it was 100. We got them from Michael's, it was great, oh my god, they were 9 by 16 canvases. I think you could get like three canvases for five bucks, oh my god. And he happened to, at one of the rare times he had a job or any kind of money, 
he bought all those canvases, hundred bucks worth of all. Or no, what? No, it was more than that. Yeah, because it was a hundred canvases. So it wasn't a dollar per. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Whatever it comes out to be, hundred of them. I still remember the cart. At this big old stack, it was like leaning tower of Pisa, mixed with uh, a pyramid. Just this a rectangle mid. It was a rectangle mid. Stacked up. And our mission was to paint it all in one month. And it was great, man. We we had different color lights in the house in different areas. So above the dining room table, it might be yellow. Over here by the door, it might be red. A light bulb over there by the couch would be blue. So it was always different. So at night, we'd be painting. We'd be painting. And then I'd get bored, and then I'd switch canvases, and he'd paint on the other canvas, and I'd paint on the other canvas. And uh, and so it was great because when the daylight came the next day, we'd paint all throughout all, all throughout the night. And we would just and if I got tired with with my painting, I'd pass it over to him, and he'd get tired with his. He'd pass it over to me, and we'd switch, and we'd we'd I'd add stuff to his, he'd add stuff to mine. It was perfect, perfect. Listening to good music, oh man, it's just great. I think we might have even been getting drunk drunk on uh, boxed wine back then. And it was just man, it was so much fun. We produced so much, but uh, it took us more than a month. We, we basically within three months, we made sixty paintings. And those were hung all over the walls. It was like information overload for anyone who came over. It was just paintings all over. And uh, then we had that that art show, which you came in for, and you were DJing. We didn't, you know, it was so funny. Up until the day that you came in, I was just telling this, this story the other day on, on, uh, on Anchor, uh, where you came to town we didn't have any equipment for you and i had to borrow equipment from my buddy lawrence who ended up uh emceeing the party upstairs at that place coconut i want to call it coconut cabana or something it was on melrose our friend jen mcmahon worked there and they had that room upstairs that never was really barely just never used had no air conditioning we had those big fans up there it was really hot um and dude, and you, it was awesome. There was your awesome music playing. And then he and I live painted while people walked around, talked to each other, hung out. Then Lawrence danced around, emceed it. Oh my God, that was great. How, how was, I mean, there had to have been cell phones back then. There had to have been video, there had to have been video back then on those cell phones. It was like 2001 or something, 2002 maybe. Seems like it was like around that time. God, isn't that weird? You can go back and say 2000 was was 20 years ago. Isn't that weird? Is that crazy, dude? 2020, wasn't there a... What was it? Odyssey. Uh, uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. Odyssey and then they do... Didn't they do 2010? They, whoever they are. Anyway, thanks for... Yeah, I'll, we'll, we'll definitely do a podcast, Man Behind the Machine. Uh, anybody who wants to contribute... Email me, inspiratorprojecto at gmail.com, or you can call me. I'll, I'll leave your message in here. 561-203-9179-er. Take care, everyone. This is Richard Wilson of Mad Shelley Films, and you're listening to Inspirato Projecto Radio.